Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. My goodness, what an honor it is to be able to minister here today. I love you guys. I really, I think I'm turned on. Am I turned on? I love you guys. (laughs) Did you hear me the first time? I love you guys. And I really mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, there's a twofold thing here is that I'm very excited about this message, but at the same time, um, and I'm going to try to do this without crying because I feel such a weightiness of the Lord for this message for today, for his people, for his children. And I'm so excited about it because it's challenged me. I have, I've been researching, I've been before the Lord, and I feel like I know so very little. And I'm not saying this in a false humility way. I'm really saying this in the sense that I've never been so humbled. Out of all the years that I've taught and I've ministered different places, I've never felt so humbled to teach this message. So I need you to extend your faith out to pull off of me, do you know you have the power to do that, to draw off of me and place a demand on God coming through me to you. So I'm looking for you to do that because I feel like the other thing is I have a lot of notes (laughs) and I I tried to really capture and put in detail the things that I needed to, but I also want to get God's heart across to this. So um, I just want to pray right now and I said, Lord, I just thank you for this message. I thank you for this body. I thank you for the body of Christ in the whole. And Father, I thank you for what you're doing in and through us. And Father, I thank you this is a new day and a new season and a new time. And I thank you that you are building a confidence in your people. You're pulling down blinders from our eyes, Lord God, to see who we are in you, the power that we possess, the authority we possess, and the ability to overpower and take down the enemy. Lord, I thank you that today that you anoint my mouth, you anoint my being, Lord God, and every Everything that I would say would be from you, and anything that is not from you would fall to the ground and would leave the ears of the hearer. So, Father, I ask each person's heart to be open and to receive, and, Father, I thank you that it is your message. It is your heart that you want to deliver. So, Father, we just turn it. I yield myself to you in Jesus' mighty name. Now, I just want to talk to you for a minute, and I don't know that anybody would disagree with this, is we are in very challenging times. I don't think any of us, I have an 84-year-old mother, and I said to my mother the other day, Mom, did you ever think that you would see the United States or the world in the condition that it's in? And she said, no. And I have been through a lot in my time. I've seen a lot. And the thing is that let's put politics aside. Let's Let's put matters of opinion aside, and let's say, that what we are seeing today is good versus evil. And this is is nothing new. So 
My attempt is to show you from the very beginning of time when God created man and what he intended man to be. I also want to go over who Lucifer is. Okay, he didn't like this because I've had a lot of resistance. But who Lucifer is, okay, who he was, who he has become, and how he has become our enemy. And everybody knows in warfare that in order to win a war, you need to understand who your enemy is and you need to understand their strategy and tactics. So I believe today that you're going to hear a lot of that. And guess what, folks? It's all in Scripture. Everything I'm going to present to you today, I even have Greek and Hebrew to, to back it up, mainly Hebrew because a lot of it is in, in the Old Testament. But I want to show you and then the exciting part is, is God's intended plan and then how he's taking us back to that to be able to overcome the world for him. Okay, so just bear with me. And I know Katie had brought up about superheroes and you all, guys all kind of chuckled and it does sound kind of funny. Why does that sound funny? It sounds funny because it sounds impossible, right? I mean, think about superheroes. But my question to you guys is, how many people in here have had some drawing to watch superheroes? You, you, you know, you're even superheroes like Clint Eastwood, you know, or, or different people like Make My Day. People that come in and they serve for justice and they take down the bad guy. How many? How many? How many people really love that kind of thing? Oh, come on, guys. I mean, if you don't like justice, I mean, your people love justice. You want to see the bad. What's the most frustrating thing right now is we feel that evil is being is taking over, right? But guess what, guys? It's not always the way it seems. It's never the way it seems. And God is so cool. He doesn't have to shake in his shoes. He doesn't have to be fearful. And I love Dr. Melody saying, she used to always say this to me, Tracy, it's not like God is up there wringing his hands, falling off his chair saying, I didn't know this was going to happen. God has prepared, and I'm going to show you how he's prepared. So I want you to think about this. We watch superheroes, and you see, you know, all the superheroes, they all have some kind of gifting or whatever, and, and, but here's the thing with superheroes, they're on movies and television, comic books, I mean, we've had them ever since we've been little, right? And so the thing about superheroes is they're always is a weakness, right? Like, for instance, Superman had kryptonite, so there's always that weakness, right? What if man didn't have that weakness? It's just a thought, so... Let's, let's go back to, and, and think about this also. Oftentimes when we feel drawn to something, there's usually a reason why we feel drawn to something. There's something inside us that connects with that. Are you following me? Mm -hmm. So it's not like it's impossible. So in our minds, we think things are impossible. But So I'm going to try to go through this and, and try to get through it as quickly but as thoroughly as I can. So I want to talk to you about man um, who he is, why he was created, and what is his purpose. So in Genesis, Genesis 1, 26 through 28, I have two versions here, and I want you to hear. So one is in the New King James Version. It says, then God said, okay, and I'm going to highlight some words. So God, I put in yellow in your, in your scriptures. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image 
according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepy thing that creeps in the earth. So God created in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that, the, that moves on the earth. Um, Kyle, could I ask, could we turn the fan on a little bit, no, please? It, it, do, uh, it, it messes up your mind. Oh, it does. Okay. Well, then I will just be hot. <laughs> it's probably the power of God. Unless you want to handle it. That's fine. So... Um, then in the message version, it says, God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature so that they can be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the cattle, and yes, um, earth itself and every animal that moves on the earth and the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, he cre- uh, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. He placed them produce, reproduce, fill the earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and for every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, there's two different, the message and there's the New King James, but both of them are very cool. So when you look at this, first of all, the word God, very impressive. We look at it and we say, oh, it's God. But you know, it's, it's Elohim. Elohim is Hebrew. And do you know what? That Elohim is actually p- plural. It's plural. Is there more than one God? Well, there's the Trinity, right? Didn't God say, let us make man in our image? So there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we can't comprehend this, and I often say this. If we could understand God with our brains, then God would only be as large as our brains. Pretty scary, right? I don't know about you, but I prefer my God to be much larger than what I can understand. So he's basically saying there's three all in one, right? So he comes, and what what else this uh, Elohim means is it means supreme God, greatest in power, authority, or rank, uh, paramount, or dominant, greatest in importance, degree, significant, character, and achievement, ultimate and final is what Elohim means, ultimate and final. There's no more, no less. Basically, then it goes on to say, let us make. So make is create in the Hebrew. It also means absolutely to create, qualified, select, dispatch, choose, do, and make fat, which is rich. So when you think about that, you're thinking God chose, he selected, he qualified, all those things. Now, this was for Adam, but it was also for you. So Adam was the first of, the, of, of God's first fruit, right? He was the first fruit of God's creation. So then it goes on to say image. Image means also to resemble, to represent an idol. Interesting, right? So this is God made, in, God made man in his image, which is resemblance means to be similar, um, to represent like, a likeness of something, so just like him. It also means the representative, one that represents another as a successor or heir, standing or acting for another, especially through delegated authority. 
So not only does he make you like him, to look like him, but he also makes you to go before and represent him. Are you following me so far? It also means idol. Now, I love this because it really challenged me. We think of idols. We're not supposed to have any idols, and we don't idolize one another. But here is a good example that saying that God created man so much like him that all of creation idolized man along with God. All right? So basically it's saying an object of extreme devotion, an act of prayer or private worship, usually uh, used in plural. Um, And then it goes on to say the act of dedicating something to a cause, a representation or symbol of an object of worship, to honor, to show reverence for as a divine being or supernatural power, to regard with great or extravagant respect, honor, devotion. Now, how many of you have ever seen the movie Narnia? Not everybody? Some? Okay. So basically, I love that movie because here's these kids. They have no idea who they are. They walk into this land, okay? This is C.S. Lewis who wrote this story for his son, um, and it was a representation of the kingdom of God, and I thought it was just a powerful representation. They called these kids when they came into this land the sons of Adam, which really were the sons of God, which is us. They were human beings. All of creation, as soon as they walked into that land, stood back and they knew who they were and they saw them as their hope. They saw them as their refuge for for this was the humans that were going to come and rescue us and redeem us with with, um, Aslan, right? With Aslan the king, which was representing Jesus. And so everybody there would bow down before these kids. And these kids kept looking at them like, what are they doing? And then there was a queen who represented, guess who, Satan. And she always acted like she was tough and strong, but she was terrified that these kids would would grasp and understand and gain the knowledge of who they really were and the power they had. And she did everything in her power to try to keep them from knowing that and from Aslan. She tried to separate them. And eventually the kids got to Aslan. Aslan spoke truth to them. They soon picked up their weapons of warfare. They learned what their talents, their their, um, strengths were, and they gained all that, went into the war, and they destroyed. You need to get the movie and look at it. It's actually a very good movie. So I always think of that because I said, man was the glorified image and likeness of God in the flesh. Guys, do you get this? Man was a glorified image and likeness of God in the flesh. And before the fall, when all of creation worshipped God, they also were worshipping man, who was God's image and likeness. Man was the epitome of God. All of creation bowed down. I talked to you about that. Man was made to be able to hold and house the spirit of God. In Genesis 2.7, it says, And the Lord God formed man in the dust of the ground and breathed in his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. Now, likeness, so you have image. He made God in, like, in image, and now he made him his likeness. You know there's two, these are two different things. They sound similar, but they're two different things. I'm going to explain why. So, similitudes, oh my gosh, similitudes are double visible likeness image, a point of comparison. So, it has that, it has pattern. Pattern is a form of model proposed for imitation. 
I'm sorry, guys. I know some of this is boring, but I needed to get the point across that this is, this is what this means. It's broken down. It actually is very interesting. Um, to, to be like, to think like. Mm-hmm. To be like, to think like. Now, the difference between made in his image and made in his likeness is image he was made right away in God's image like God. He looked like God. The likeness he had to become like God. Now, Adam, because there was no sin, there was no imperfection, automatically became in his image and his likeness. But today, we have a progression of we have to, what, transform our minds to become like God. Follow me? So image and likeness, two different things. Dominion, what God told us to do, are you ready for this? All these guys are like, yes, this is so cool. Is dominion is supreme authority. Does the body of Christ act like they have supreme authority in the world today? I know I don't always. Absolute ownership. Who owns this world? Who owns America? Who owns this world? We do. We do. Not the enemy. We do. I look at all these things that are happening today with all the hatred, and I think about, I think about the scriptures that says in end times, the hearts will grow cold, and they will become lovers of self. They will disobey their parents, and they will disobey authority. What are we seeing today? Do you know who has authority over that demonic spirit? The hatred and the disobedience of our authority and the people in authority and our parents We as the body of Christ have the ability to shut down that disobeying spirit. We do. We have the ability. We have the power. (laughs) Now, Lucifer, who is he? Or who was he? Well, Satan was created as Lucifer. He was one of the highest ranking angels. He was like, very high up there. He was like probably, some have even believed that he was Jesus' right-hand man as far as an angel, that he served Jesus. I don't know, but that's what some people have said. They say that, uh, so in Ezekiel 28, 12 through 19, it will explain to you some of the things about uh, Lucifer. It says, now this, this is what he, this is God it describes him. He says, you are a seal of perfection full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were, you were, now listen to this, guys. It's going to really tilt your mind. You were in the Garden of Eden. Now, he's not talking about after the fall or even right before the fall. He's talking about he was in, when he was this perfection of beauty, before he fell, he was in the Garden of Eden. So hold on to that. And then it goes on to say about how he was um, covered with all these stones, and I'm not going to go into all that. You were the anointed cherub who covers. Who did he cover? At that time, he covered the earth. He covered. I established you. God made him. You were in the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of the fiery stones. You were perfect in your way, and in the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, what did he trade? You became filled with violence. Within and you sinned, and therefore I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub. From the midst of the fiery stones, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. 
You corrupted your wisdom. And then it goes on. I'm going to stop there because that was the main thing that I wanted to talk to you about. So let's cover this. So we all know he was beautiful and perfect. He was in the Garden of Eden before the garden, before he fell. So this is before he was the serpent. He was the highest angel, and it talks about him being on the mountain, a holy mountain of God. Now, that wasn't a physical place. What the holy mountain of God was, it was his, he was a promoted angel. It was a high standing. He was in God's presence. He was literally able to come into God's presence because he served God. And so he was able to be there. God created him. He was full of wisdom. He was, um, he, his job was, when he was here on earth, was to go back and forth over these fiery stones. And do you know what stones mean? Stones mean repre- or means revelation. And so his job, he was very prophetic. He was extremely prophetic. Let me just stop there and say, do you, have you ever heard of uh, mediums and psychics? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a good example of uh, Lucifer gone bad. So he was very prophetic. And then he no longer had the ability after he fell to read the future, to know the future, because prior to him falling, Lucifer would go back and forth over these stones and gain revelation of what was to come and then release it into the earth. So when he fell, he lost that ability to gain. So did you ever notice how believers can cast, can say to you, Melody, I see you, you know, going forward. The Lord's going to bless you. He's going to do this. He's going to do that. He's going to open a door for you. He's going to be able to set before you a platform of, and, and be able to do that. But mediums and people of, um, that aren't of God can only tell you what happened before. They can't tell you the future. They can only tell you what happened. Well, Satan and everyone knows what happened before but he no longer has the ability to see the future. Pretty interesting, right? So that's the difference. So, um, and, and God's people, the prophetic will always give hope. And then usually psychics and stuff will oftentimes be giving you warnings of what's going to happen, planting seeds into your mind for things to happen. Because you have the power in your mind to make things happen. Just a thought. So, um, so that was his job to go back and forth. He was created in perfection until he sinned. He became filled with violence, which we're going to talk about later. He was cast out of God's presence due to his sin. Again, we'll talk about God explained why he fell. Lucifer, now I want to talk to you about this. He became extremely jealous because when he was going back and forth over these stones, he heard, because he could hear into the future, he heard God say to the Trinity, Let's make man in our own image. And Lucifer, who was like God's right-hand man, said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Who is this man? Who's this man that you're talking about? Supposedly greater than me. You want to make him in your image? I'm not even made in your image. So Psalm Psalm 8, 1 through 6 is Lucifer going to God saying, and I love this because Lucifer was even, he would go in and he was buttering God up, okay? He was trying to patronize God. He said, Lord our God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who has set your glory above the heavens? Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, I have ordained strength because of your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. 
When I consider your heavens, oh God, you are just so wonderful. When I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moons and the stars which you have ordained, then he goes right for the jugular. He said, who is this man that you're talking about? I want to know right now, who is this man that's going to be taking my place? He's saying, who is this man that you are mindful of, the son of man that you visit him, that you commune with him? See, he saw the future. He knew what was going to happen. For you have made him a little lower than angels. And I want to stop right there and tell you, the word angels there is not angels. It actually means Elohim. So you've made him a little lower than God. So man is not lower than angels. He's just a little lower than God. He's lower than God. So he says, um, you have crowned him with your glory and your honor, and you have made him to have dominion over all the works of your hands. You've put all things under his feet. Now, Lucifer, of course, I I told you his. he, He saw this. He knew the future. And then it backs it up in Hebrews 2, um, 5 through 8, when they said that an angel brought this before God. So we know the one angel that had the challenge with this was Lucifer. So he goes on to say that um, Jesus, when he was uh, in uh, Hebrews, it says that Jesus when he was on earth, that he actually subject himself to the same thing, that because he had to take the identity on as Adam to become the second Adam, he had to take, the, he had to take um, his position as a human being with a fallen nature. In the, I mean, I, I, let, me, let me read this because I don't want to screw this up. So it says that this verse says, the power of man versus angels. Angels... Um, I'm sorry, indicates that man is a little lower than God. Jesus is made a little lower than God so that he can represent the second Adam and take back what the first Adam forfeited in the fall. Okay? So Jesus came in the weakness of man's body, but he came as God. Okay? So he allowed himself to have those limitations so that he could go in and take that back. Does that make sense? So he was with no sin. So I don't, want to misunderstand, I don't want that misunderstanding. He was God and there was no sin, but he had the weakness of the human body. Okay? So um, Lucifer was a superior angel, but he was not made in God's image. So think about this, guys. Angels, Lucifer and all the angels were created from God's holiness. They were not created out of his love. Now, God is love, and he created but it wasn't from his love that he created. They were there for, for, use, for, for, um, for his purpose, to be used for the kingdom's purposes. They were messengers. Angels can communicate about God, but humans can express and represent God. Humans, man was created in the love of a father to commune, to partner, to rule, to reign, and be heirs and over God's kingdom, and to be intimately connected with God. Guys, there's only one creature, one creation, that has the ability to commune, to create, to represent God, to carry his glory. Amen. It is us. Amen. Angels can't even do that. And this is why this angel was very hot under the collar, because he realized how insignificant he was when he saw man in his prophetic vision. 
So he was able to see, wow, this man has value. I need to keep moving quickly. So Lucifer, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm hot. Lucifer, the fall of, I know how you feel, Dr. Melanie, up here, like you got to go through all these notes within a short period of time. So Lucifer, the fall of Lucifer, is in Isaiah 14, 12 through 17. Um, It says, how are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations? You have said in your heart, I will ascend to the Most High. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, and I will also sit in the Mount of Congregations on the far side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, and I will be like the Most High God. Those who will see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble and who shook the kingdoms, who made the world as wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners? There's so much in here. So basically, first of all, he says, I will ascend. In order to ascend, you have to be below. Would you not agree? So this also confirms that Satan was here on this earth. He came to create the earth for man's existence. And I'm going to show you another scripture that's going to blow your mind. So basically, he came. There was cities that were built. There was, uh, there was animals. There was mountains. There was hills. There was all kinds of things here. He created this preparing for man. But Satan did, or Lucifer did not know what he was creating this for. He just had a job from God. And then... Um, when he had this prophetic vision that he saw man, he said, so this is why I'm creating this. No, 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 this is my world. So do you see how Satan has always wanted this to be his world from the beginning? Interesting, right? So he says, um, so he had ascend from earth to be, and then I love this part. He said, I will be like the most high. He never said, I will be the most high. He knew better than that. He knew he could never be God, but he thought that he had the ability to be like man. Man is the only one that can be like God. So from the beginning, he said, I will be like the Most High. I will do whatever it takes. I will do whatever it takes to be like the Most High. And that's what he's been trying to do, right? So... Um, But we all see that Lucifer's end comes to near as he uh, gives God an ultimatum. And uh, that doesn't happen. That doesn't work very well in God's kingdom. So let's see. Lucifer, the aftermath of the fallout of God and Lucifer before man was created. So all this stuff was happening. So you have to look at Genesis and you know that Genesis, it goes, well, on this day and this day and this day. But, you know, there's all kinds of time. We don't understand time frames and what happens. But so much happened from when God was creating um, the earth and when man came. And, you know, they say about one day is this and two days and three days. But so in in Jeremiah 4, 23 through 26, it says, I beheld the earth. Now, this is actually Jeremiah had a prophetic vision of what was happening from the beginning of creation. So Jeremiah says, I beheld the earth. And indeed, it was without form and void. Now, I want to stop there for a minute. I want to tell you the word form. So, well, back up a second. So, basically, with this, 
I'm just going to read the scripture and then I'll go through this. I beheld the earth and indeed it was without form and void and the heavens, they had no light. I beheld the mountains and indeed they trembled and all the hills and moved back and forth. I beheld and indeed there was no man and the birds of the heavens had fled. I beheld and indeed the fruitful land, which represents garden, was a wilderness and all its cities, so there were cities, broken down at the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. Now what happened here? So we have mountains and we have, we have birds and we have gardens and we have cities, but there's no man. So this is before man was even created. So here's all this stuff. So again, Satan had created, or Lucifer had created all of this, okay? And now all of a sudden, he goes before God and he gives him an ultimatum. And I want you to look at what's happening today in today's world. If we don't get our way, what do we do? We bully. We pound and we yell and we scream. This is what even kids do, right? Until they get their way. Well, guess what, guys? This will give you an example of how God handles that. So he could be slow in his anger and handling this, but he will always handle it some way, one way or another, sooner or later. So ask Satan what happened. Well, guys, here it is. The cities were all uncrumbled. They were all destroyed. Um, the word, it says, I beheld the earth. So the earth was here. Indeed, it was without form and void. So let's look at what form and void means. So the word form in the Hebrew is to who? meaning to lie waste, desolate, des deserted, a worthless thing. The word void means boo-hoo. <laughs> okay, I didn't make this stuff up. <laughs> meaning to be empty, um, an undistingu undistinguishable ruin. So it says here is a city's broken down by the presence of the Lord by his fierce anger. So it looks like Satan came, or Lucifer came before God, said, who is this man? He was challenging God with man. I want to be like him. And God said, oh, yeah? And then zap. He just annihilated the earth, everything that Satan or Lucifer did. Now, some people even believe, believe it or not, that the pyramids were created by Lucifer. I don't have backup for that. I'm just saying there are some people, theologians and stuff that have said that some of those have been created and people will often say that there's some, they don't know how some of these things were created by man. So anyhow, nevertheless, it goes on to say cities were broken down by God's anger, the fallout of Lucifer and God. Earth was actually created twice then because Lucifer came down, created all that. God went and annihilated everything and then he had to build it back up again. Okay. So Lucifer, God say, he, I talked about that. Um, Lucifer went to God challenging him to rethink it, and that's how God handled it. So actually God cast Lucifer down. He has now become Satan. He lost all of his abilities. He lost his ability to go before the presence of God. He lost his ability to be um, in the presence of God or be around anything in heaven, and he lost the ability to rule and reign on this earth. Okay? So God would not give Lucifer... So, uh, I went through, I'm sorry. So God wouldn't put up with rebellion and pride 
from one of his superior angels, so he cast him down. In the midst of this act, the earth that Lucifer created was destroyed. Lucifer, after the fall, became Satan. The word Satan means opponent. It means especially an arch enemy of good, adversary, um, an adversary. And this is all in the, in the uh, new exhaustive Strong's Concordance. If you hate someone, okay, I want you to think about this. If you hate someone, you really hate them, and you can't get to them, what oftentimes will you do? What will you go after? They'll go after your kids. What's the enemy doing right now? He's going after people's kids. And parents aren't putting up with it, nor should they. And neither did God. God said, you go after my kid, you are no longer one of my top angels. You're out of here. So, um, so now man was created and God's greatest creation. In Genesis 1, 11 through 13, um, am I boring you yet? We're still good? Okay, hang with me because it even gets better. <laughs> okay, so then God said in Genesis 1, 11 through 13, then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herbs that yield seed, and the fruit tree that yields the fruit. And it goes on to talk about yielding all of its seed according to its kind. Now, I want you to just imagine this because we read scripture and we think of one thing, but I want you to really think about this. So God didn't go, oftentimes we go, well, God created trees, and he created this, and he created that. But I want you to think about this. God took his seed, himself, and cast it into the soil of the earth. This was on the third day. Follow me, guys. This is really cool. On the third day, he cast his seed into the earth, and then he covered it. With his, he covered it with his glory so the enemy, he, he, he did it in the hidden place so the enemy couldn't see it. Because see, now remember, Satan, he's Satan now, no longer has the ability to see beyond. See, God can be everywhere, Satan cannot. Right. God can know all, Satan cannot. Right. Do you know that Satan can only know what you tell him? <laughs> so if you think something, don't share it with him. Because once you share it with him, so this is proof because God cast his seed into the ground, into a hidden place that the enemy couldn't see, put his glory over it to blind him so he could not see him planting his seed into the earth. That's good. Three days later, mm -hmm. three days later, on the sixth day, he dug open the grave, he brought man out, he laid over top of him, he breathed into him, and he resurrected him from the dead. Do you get this? Do you get this? Three days later, he resurrected man. So God had in place from the beginning of time the, re the resurrection life of man. He had the redemptive life of man already planned. So here he is. He planted a seed. He resurrected man on the third day. Why does it say that Jesus was the lamb that was slain before right. the foundation right. of time. Here it is, folks, because all, God is so, he's so incredible. God is just absolutely mind-blowing incredible. He had a plan in place from the very beginning. God's covenant with man, there was four parts. Now, I don't want to stretch your theology, but I'm going to. So there's four parts of God and there's four parts of man. 
We always heard three, right? But I'm going I'm to stretch you in this one. So the four parts of God are Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and light. Okay? The four parts of man are body, soul, spirit, and blood. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you something that's going to blow your mind that I got so excited about when I, when I saw this. So in God, it says he is the father of light, and it says in James 1, 16 through 18, do not be deceived, brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from God above and comes down from the father of lights. Now, there's many times through scripture that talks about God being the father of lights and talks about us being the children of light. Okay, so keep that in mind. He says, and of his own will he brought, he brought forth us, I'm sorry, of his own will be brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creation. Jesus walked on this earth with God's glory running through his blood. Guys, we do too. And I'm going to prove this to you. So when, man, so when God entered covenant with man, his light became one with man's blood. His light and glory were manifested in the natural realm in blood. Now I'm going to prove this to you. So science, human blood, scientists have found, is made up of congealed light. Scientists lately have been making an, ex, an extensive study. Now, this is from the secular world. Extensive study about blood because they saw there was something peculiar and supernatural. They use that, supernatural, about blood. They have come to this conclusion that blood is congealed light. It is a light that has become solidified. In other words, the body of man, there was veins and there was veins flowing with red substances, none other than light. Now, the interesting part is, um, can, well, just say congealed light is simply God's glory in us. Am I the only one who finds that very cool? I was like going, oh, my word. This is science that's saying this. Not that we shouldn't, but I mean, it's like. So then there's another thing I found in science. It says that human beings actually emit light. So it says in here, it says the human body literally glows, emitting a visible light in extremely small quantities at levels that, that rise and fall with the day, scientists now reveal. Past research has shown that the body emits visible light a thousand times less intense than the level to which our naked eyes are sensitive. Um, it, it says it's virtually weak light. Now... Keep that in mind. Um, so it says, but guess what? The part of our body that glows the most is our face. Now think about your face. Your face, your face is the essence of who you are. If I'm talking to Heather, I'm not looking at her feet talking to her. I'm looking at her face. All her gateways, except for touch, is within her in this area. It is also the very part of your body that you can be identified by. So most people can't look at other people's hands and say, oh, that's Pastor Steve, or, you know, that's Shimon, or that's, they'll look and they'll say, they'll see your face. So our face is what's lit the most. 
Then the other thing is, as Bart Gaynor was telling me, that they have found, and I don't have proof of this, but he says they have found um, traces of gold in blood now, that there's literally gold in our blood. Also, uh, Vart shared with me that, um, and he said this is a math mathematical equation, so I couldn't go on and, and research this, and heavens knows I'm not at that area of math to be able to figure this out. Um, and that is uh, that Adam, when he was here on Earth, literally operated in 17 dimensions. 17 dimensions. We can't even fathom that. So when you talk about the Bible goes on to say that the universe, our universe, cannot contain him, meaning God. Behold, heaven and the highest heavens cannot contain thee. And this is um, Kings 8, 1 Kings 8, 27. Um, I'm almost there, guys. I've only got two more notes, so I'm pretty excited about that. So before the fall of God, I'm sorry, before the fall, God's Son and Holy Spirit and Adam looked exactly alike. Adam was, perf was a perfect cast of flesh with a spirit living in him. He was literally a manifested, a physical manifestation of God's glory. When Adam was created, the angels stood back and said, wow. We have never seen anything like this. Man is so beautiful. He looks just like God. This is amazing. They had never seen anything so magnificent as God. Adam used 100% of his body, his soul, and his spirit. 100%. Einstein, who was supposed to be known for his great mind, his intelligence, used, they believe, at least 25%. And that was huge. Not too many people do that. 25%. Adam used 100% of his mind, his body, and his soul. Adam had absolutely no limitations. Now, do superheroes sound so ridiculous? <laughs> I'm being very serious. See, when I make a joke here, nobody gets it. When I'm serious, <laughs> then they laugh at me. I, ju I just cannot win here. It's just like. So anyhow, it's like, so does that sound so ridiculous? When God created Adam, he created him to be limitless. He created him that he shined with such bright light. Now think about this, guys. Because of our fallen nature, the light inside, this is actually super sad. The light that literally we would have been glowing to light up the darkness when we walk through the streets has now become so dim that it's a thousand times less of what humans can see. That's pretty sad. But... There is good news. So let's continue. He could transcend, I want you to think about this, he could literally transcend from one place to another. He was one with God. God would come in and wrap himself around Adam 
And it was a form of prophetic worship. It talked about Adam will meet God in the cool of the day. The word cool of the day meant in the very presence of prophetic um, a prophetic worship of God. They would, they would be there. It was like a euphoria. It was just so magnificent that they would be there together. God would, would be able to go to Adam. Adam would be able to go to God. There was no separation. They were like this. When the fall came, all of a sudden the two worlds were ripped apart. I can't even imagine what Adam must have faced. When he had all this perfection and was torn away because of the sin. But ever since the beginning of time, God had a plan. And so although these are the two worlds, I want you to put your, can you put your hand, you know, put your hand in between mine. So do you see this, guys? Jesus came, this is the cross, to came to, to be able to bring the two together again. You follow me where it was tore apart Jesus came in the cross to bring that to, to, to eliminate that separation and to bring us back together. So God's purpose since the beginning was to restore man into his right relationship with him. He will not cease until mankind is again walking with him like Adam did in the garden, with all power, authority, and no limitations. Guys, can you picture yourself? Being like Adam with no limitations, do you know that Adam had the ability, his mind was so powerful, he had the ability to name every single animal that was here on earth. That had to take some smarts, guys, and some understanding and some know-how. That was supernatural. I mean, you think about it. How many animals were here on earth? It wasn't like there was five. Oh, you know, that can be... Um, you know, Sam, um, you know, Harry, uh, Gooby, you know, you, you, you just, he didn't just try to, these were profound things that Adam did through his soul. His spirit and his soul were so connected, there was no difference because there was no sin. Are you following me? Our souls... Our souls, guys, are the only thing that the enemy can touch. And do you know... That the enemy has come from the beginning of time trying to be you. We are so afraid of the enemy at times, and in fact, he wants to be like us. And the only way he can be like us is if we give him permission to either possess us or oppress us or try to take over. And the only way he can do that is through our soul and not our spirit. And he can only do it when we give him permission. And in order to have per- give someone permission, you have authority to do so. Right. So he needs your authority because that means you are higher than him right. and have greater authority in order to do anything. And yet we walk around, me included, as if he is running this joint. Like he is the one that's in charge of this earth. He's in charge of of the United States. He's in charge of the world. He's in charge. He's even in charge of the church. Well, God sees differently because God kicked his little butt, his sorry butt out a long time ago and made a real spectacle of him. And he even put in in scripture saying, they're going to look at you someday and you might deceive them now, but they're going to look at you for who you really are, and you're going to stand there as little and squanty as you are, and they're going to look and laugh at you 
you know that Satan has, he has a, a complex right now that if you laugh at him, how about it, Pastor Steve? You saw I said, if you laugh at him, he will go away because that really makes him upset. Why? Because he fell from pride. You want to get someone that's, that's really living in pride? Laugh at them. Pride is shame, the flip side of shame, right? So what do you do is you laugh at someone It will just crush them. We, on the other hand, do the opposite for people, right? So oftentimes people will say, well, don't make their head swell. And I said, you know, their head probably wouldn't swell if someone would have told them their value, their purpose, and their greatness to begin with. So I'm never worried about someone's head swelling. I just keep speaking to them and keep keep speaking their value to them. Now, I want you to hear this. Man's only reference, and this is what's sad, man's only reference of who he is is from our fallen nature. Now, think about this. When the Israelites were in Egypt for 400 years and God tried to take them out to take them to the promised land where they could have freedom and have anything they wanted, they argued and they fought and they struggled. They wanted to go back. Why? Because it's the only thing they knew. Right. Have you ever seen people that have been in abusive relationships and you say, why don't they leave them? Because it's something like consistency. They at least know what to expect. It's so sad, but you have women and even men that are abused over and over and over again, and they will not leave. Why? Because they don't see themselves of having value. They don't see anything better. And this sometimes, my friend, is in the body of Christ. We think it's impossible to be all the things, but yet God said, and you tell me because maybe I'm just like seeing this the wrong way. If God said that he sent Jesus to redeem us from the curse of law, he came as the second Adam to take us back to redo what the first Adam screwed up. Right. Am I wrong in saying that we should have everything? And this was my whole purpose of bringing up what Adam was like, what Adam possessed, what Adam had. If he had all those things, are we not for some reason supposed to be like him if Jesus came to redeem us back to that point? See, many believe that Adam was not the one at all was deceived. Some people even believe that he was sleeping at the time. Because the reason being, not because he was so all great and mighty and a woman, he has been with God and he has such a prophetic insight to him that he could see all that was to go before. He knew the wonderments of God. He knew all those things. He even knew about Satan. He knew all those things. So why would he fall? So some believe that, you know, well, I won't even get into that, but it's interesting that, that it happened, and someday we'll have an opportunity to ask Adam. <laughs> Adam. So man's only reference is his fallen nature. So the process of redemption to restore man back to God's original state for him can only be done through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Guys, to the extent of which we yield ourselves body, soul, and spirit to Jesus is the extent in in which we will operate in the full potential of our purpose, destiny, ordained by God. 
So to the extent that we yield ourselves, let me read this again. To the extent we yield ourselves, body, soul, and spirit, to Jesus is to the extent in which we will operate in the full potential of our, of our purpose and our destiny ordained by God. How much do you want to have? How much do you want to be a superhero? How much do you want to achieve for the kingdom of God? How much do you want to be bullied around by someone that has absolutely no power over you? It's kind of like me going up to my CEO and trying to tell him to run how to run his company and start telling him what he needs to do and what he doesn't need to do. Who am I to try to bring fear into him? Who am I to try to control his company? Are you following me? So we are God's representation. When our only standard is the presence of God, the favor of God resting upon us, all things will become possible. Do you hear that? So when our only standard is the presence of God and the favor of God which rests upon us, all things will become possible. The enemy literally shakes in his shoes at the thought of what access we have to God's power. He will do anything to keep us from picking it up. He will do anything. He will lie to you. He will cheat. He will steal. He will put people in your way. He will, he will put all kinds of roadblocks in your way. He will do anything to keep you from knowing who you are and from you picking up the power of God. Jesus was the example of the redemptive nature of man and what it would be like, but even he allowed limitations because man had free will to accept uh, to reject truth. So think about this. When he was here on earth, he couldn't even operate in all the power that Adam operated in. Why? Because man would not have been able to receive it. Their minds, it would have blown their minds. And he even said, I can do no great works. He said a prophet is without honor in his own hometown and among his, his family. And basically what he was saying, the spirit of familiarity, you know, our minds cannot grasp the power of God and the power of God running through us. I'm almost done, folks, so hang in there. Um, so basically, each person is created uniquely in God's image and likeness. Um, Psalm 139, 13 through 16 says, Oh, yes, you shape me first. I love this. You shape me first inside, then out. You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you. This shows the value of life, does it not? You form me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, your breathtaking body and soul. I am marvelous, 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 oh my goodness, marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, how I was sculptured from nothing to something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. Do you see that? God's watches. Every baby grow. From conception to birth, he watches them grow. His eyes are on them. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit and how I was sculptured from nothing to something. Um, all the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life were prepared before you. I've even um, lived uh, every day that I live day by day. We are truly created as superheroes for the kingdom of God. 
operating without limitations in full power and authority, walking in full capacity of all strength, talent, and gifts that have been placed in us for such a time as this. We are to walk in unapologetic confidence in who we are and who is in us, beside us, and for us. My friends, I just <laughs> never before have we ever needed to stand up to the plate, to cry out to God, to redeem our minds. There's a scripture that says in Romans, do not be conformed to this world. The world represents the fallen nature. Do not be conformed to the fallen world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that you may prove what is what, that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What is this perfect will? For you to be a superhero. For you to be his superhero. For you to fight against injustice. For you to have authority. And then the last scripture says, we are what we believe. Proverbs 23, 7. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. What do you think you are? Do you think it's too ridiculous to live like Adam did? Do you think it's too far-fetched? It's a little hard for our minds to comprehend unless they're redeemed, right? So we need to believe for redeemed, redeemed minds. Guys, if I could look, every single one of you has such innate value and such power. And I want you to think back through your life. Just take a minute and think back through your life of all the times that the enemy has lied to you, all the times that he has set up for you traps and barriers, words and snares from people, whether it's in grade school, whether it's from siblings, whether it's from parents, whether it's from teachers that have said words that have laid deep within our souls, God wants to redeem every part of you. Even conception, when babies are within a womb and they're found out they're not wanted. They say babies, they come out, they know that. And it hinders. So bottom line is God wants to take today and he wants to say to you, how valuable do you think you are? Not what man has said, not what experience has said, what do you think you are? So as a man thinketh of himself, so will he be. My challenge to you today is start seeing yourself with such high value, such power, such authority. Guys, when we all can stand up with confidence in who we are, we can change this world. If the body of Christ can grasp hold of this, can you imagine what can be done there could be five of us, and it could alter the world. So, Father, we just thank you right now. Father, we thank you for your message. I know it was fast and furious, Lord. But, Father, I just pray that, Lord, what was of you that, God, it just so sinks into our hearts and into our souls. Father, we yield. We choose to yield ourselves to you. Father, we choose to yield our bodies, our souls, and our spirits to be all that we can be for you. God, limitations are in the past. 
Now, Father, we ask you to take us beyond what we could ever hope or imagine. Father, we reach out to you. And Father, we know that it is your redemptive blood. You died on the cross for us, Lord God. You redeemed us. You took us back to that place. Now, Father, let us grasp hold of that. And Father, let us take hold of everything that we can get out of the, of the, of the divine resurrection of, of your Savior, of your Son, Jesus Christ. Father, we just thank you for all that you do in and through us. God, we thank you today. We thank you for what you're um, doing in this body in itself. And Father, we just plead the blood of Jesus over every single person here today, body, soul, and spirit, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen.